0: Excited to be here with you guys this morning. It has been an absolute blessing. We Carmelinda and I have felt so richly blessed with getting to spend time um, with family, but also here at the Well and just connecting. Um, yeah, we are so thankful for you guys here at the Well and opening up your arms for us during this time. So, just very quickly, I'm uh, my name is Vincent, or most of you know me as Vinny, and my wife Carmelinda. Um, I have been living in Costa Rica for the last five years, and we started our adventure together on December 7th of last year, so not that long ago, and it's been a crazy time, let me just put it that way. Um, We've been a little bit everywhere so far, and we were not expecting to be living in the United States in 2020, but hey, this has been, we feel Completely, um, we're at peace that this is where God wanted us during this time, during the, the state that the world is in today. So we are thankful for that. Just a so quick, um, just so you guys know um, what we are and what we do, Carmelinda and her family have been living in Costa Rica pretty much her whole life since she was two. If you guys want to know more about her and her roots, you can ask her. I'm not going to go into all of that. Um, she's from Plain City, Ohio, um, but she's brown, so you guys can figure that out. Um, I got the best of both worlds. Um, her, her family, they started um, a ministry in Costa Rica, and I am currently directing their discipleship training school in Latin America. We currently still have teams out. We have students from all of the Americas, and they are with us for 10 months. Um, learning more about Jesus. Carmelinda directs uh, what we call Vita Missions. By the way, um, the discipleship training school is called Vita 220, and Carmelinda's, the ministry, the program she directs is called Vita Missions, and she receives youth groups during the summer um, from the U.S. during the summer on their mission trips, and this was gonna be her first year directing that, and unfortunately, that is pretty much all canceled. So we're in, yeah, a different season, but it's been... It's been good 's been there's some days that are harder than others, but we have learned and are growing and want to continue to learn and grow as we walk through this well, as Lamar asked me to share, I think about two weeks ago, and about then I was actually talking to my wife one night, and God gave me the word that he wanted to sh- me to share with you guys this morning and I am super excited i 'm going to try to keep this short because we got a lot more um, fun stuff to do today, but man, what an amazing and exciting time to be alive. Um, the world outside looks crazy, but I'm sorry, guys. God did not set you guys up to fail, and so we don't have to fear that. We don't have to fear what the world is going through. On the flip side of that, Larry was talking about the hope, and I had to think of what, as Lamar was praying, Jesus um, in, in, I'm not sure where it's at, but he prays for his disciples, and he actually says, I don't pray for those in the world, but I pray for, um, I don't pray for those of the world, but I pray for those you have given me who are in the world. And I have to think of that as, man, what a time to be a Christian, what a time to reflect Jesus here on the earth. And I believe that each one of us has a calling, has an anointing on our lives and it is so important that we are walking it out even today in the, in the times we're living in. And so I've chosen, I want to take that stance on it. Um, so I want to dive into this. Uh, I just want to quick pray before we do that. And yeah, we'll go forward. So God, we just thank you. We thank you so much, Father. I thank you for every promise that you've given us. Thank you that... During this time, you've promised us that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Just like Larry shared this morning, the hope of glory. We have that promise. Lord, I pray for us. I pray for the, the body of Christ all over the world. That on Pentecost Sunday that hasn't looked like this in a long time, I pray that we can sense the urgency to press in and truly live out our calling and our anointings today. God, I pray that you guide us through this service, Lord, and through the baptismal after this, Lord. What an amazing day to be alive. We thank you so much, Father. We give this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the word that I felt that God laid on my heart this morning, um, it's part of a personal walk as well, but I felt like... Um, I was able to tie that together later on. But the word that I felt from God was nourishment. And if you guys haven't, aren't from the well or haven't been coming lately, um, we just walked through a, a sermon series um, that was called um, When Truth Invades Your Culture, right? What an amazing, amazing series. I loved it. Love being able to take that in. Um, I'm still meditating through that, but it was just really good. And, um, but as God laid this on my heart, I started to think through it, because nourishment can kind of go, it could go in a couple different ways, but as I I was seeking God for it, I felt like he really just laid this out for me, and so I want to share this with you guys this morning. And so nourishment, what happens when we, Christians, are getting our nourishment from the right table? It's a big question for myself, but I also want to make that question for you guys this morning. I'm going to be I'm going to be looking at John four this morning. If you all want to turn there, we're going to look at a couple more scriptures, but this is going to be the main place. And I think this morning, just for sake of time, I'm not going to read through the whole story of the first part of John four. But I don't know how many times I've read this story, um, this in the last two months, and after. After watching um, this story also in the Chosen series, absolutely incredible. Um, I just love it. I heard this story taught also in a perspectives course I took back in February this year, and it was very impactful. But I just, I'm sure we're all familiar with it. But Jesus goes against the normal. He goes against culture. He goes against a lot of things to talk with this woman at, at Jacob's Well, and we're going to get to that more towards the end, the whole story. But what I want to look at at the end is, you know, Jesus, and I love how it shows in the chosen, because they walk up to the well, they've been journeying, and it actually says Jesus was tired out. He needed to sit down, and his disciples go into town because they're looking for food, which we all need, right? We all need food every day. And they come back, and and they're surprised to find Jesus sitting there, and you all know that story. But then they ask Jesus, have you eaten anything? And Jesus tells them in verse 32, and I'm reading from the um, New Living Translation. Jesus says, I have have a kind of food you know nothing about. The disciples are like, did someone bring him food while we were gone? But in, in 34... Then Jesus explained, and this is powerful, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Just an amazing passage, amazing words of Jesus. I've been in ministry now for five years, and... Let me tell you, it's not always what you think ministry is on the mission field. I may have had the the concept that you go and you're living in power and just walk in, um, and it's a breeze. But man, it is a growing process, and it's no different than, than anywhere you're at in the world. But I have learned, well, God has taught me many different things. But one thing, and the thing I want to look at this morning, I'm going to be a little vulnerable with you guys is the thing about life and nourishment. And there are two dis, um, differences, or not differences, but they're similarities, but they are different. And I want to talk about them this morning. Because I found myself, actually, I want to I read this very quick. Our life comes from being in or connected to the heart of God. That's where our life comes from. But we get nourishment or food because Jesus was actually, the literal translation he talked about was food, but it's spiritual food. So we get nourishment or food from doing the will of our Father. So my question is, what what is the will? What is the will of our Father? And I think this is something, going back to what I was saying at the start, as I walked um, through many different, I've had a lot of different experiences and And I've seen God work powerfully so many times. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like like seeing that firsthand, watching Jesus transform someone's life. Larry's, that testimony, that's so, there's nothing better. It's like the biggest steak of the spiritual world that you can eat. Like, that is so amazing. But there's times, um, and there have been times where even seeing the craziest things, you get to a point where you're burned out, you're tired out, um, you're questioning things, and, and you're just kind of spiraling. And it's been a battle, I'm not going to lie, it's been a battle for a long time of walking through that. And what, what's the deal? Is this actually, um, is this always what should happen when I'm, when I'm pouring out, when I'm, when I'm giving, when I'm doing what God has called me to do? Is, is this what should happen? And so I feel like God also gave me revelation as I was preparing for this. Um... And a lot of things I kind of wrote down, which is not very normal for me, but there's going to be some things that I kind of read because I feel like God gave me specific things that I just wrote out. Um, So I I said, when your life comes from just doing, you will burn out. So whenever that would happen to me, I would go to the other extreme, and I would start trying to not look at anything I was doing because um, especially... In the day-to-day, I'm working with people every day, and it's very easy to get life from doing ministry because you're seeing people, you're seeing chains be broken off every day during a testimony time. It's just, there's a lot of things that happen, and it's very easy to get your life from that. Um, and But then you get to the point where if that's all that's giving you life, that's not gonna be enough. And I think this is so important for us as Christians in the day we're living in today, that we understand this. I never saw my ministry as a source of nourishment, something that gives me life. Your ministry can't be your source of life, but it should be life-giving. I hope we understand that. I I work with um, leaders, I mentor them pretty much weekly, and, One of the constant constant questions I have to ask my leaders is what's giving you life? They call me, they're tired out. You know, you work with youth on a day-to-day basis. I don't know how many of you guys have been youth pastors here, but imagine having your 30-person youth group by living together for 10 months. It can be a trip and a half, let me tell you. But it's very good, don't get me wrong. It's, it's amazing. But it will cause you to grow. It'll get you out of your comfort zone, 100%. But this is why this is so important. And I really felt a breakthrough when I, when I realized this. Um, because what I would do is I would go to the other extreme and try to press into God and try to get rid of all these things and, and try to not take encouragement and try to, um, I wouldn't let, Ministry give me life. I wouldn't let it give me nourishment. And so I'd go to the other extreme but then it just wasn't adding up. It wasn't, there wasn't a balance but when I really realized this and this is why I think God has had me stuck on John 4 for so long. I just love Jesus' words. My nourishment comes from doing the will of my father and finishing his work. It wasn't a source of life. If Jesus had to go 40 days into the desert we'd probably have to go like 120 but <laughs> I'm serious. His source of life, and it's science. It's the way things work. We're connected to the heart. If the heart stops, everything stops. If you're not connected, you're not alive. And we're going to get into that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But the body also needs to eat. The body was also made. And I I, I was thinking about this as I was preparing, too. It's, It's the same idea of what we eat. And how many of you guys know that sometimes what we eat doesn't make us the most fit? <laughs> well, it's the same thing in the spiritual world. If you're on a good diet, you're gonna be fit. But if, you're, if your nourishment is coming from junk food, you're not gonna be the most fit person. I'm jumping ahead of myself. I don't want to. Back to God's will. God's will. This is me personally. God's will, his amazing plan, is that no one should perish but everyone receive eternal life. His plan from the beginning, before the foundations of the world were in blueprint, were for you, each one of us, everyone in the world, to walk in your true identity, power, and sonship. His plan is for you to crush the enemy for a living and bring heaven to earth. His plan was for you to live in victory and bring others into that victory. That's, that's what I felt God put on my heart. I don't know. Um, we can talk about that. If you guys want to talk about it, I'd, I'd love to talk more about God's will. But that was just what God put on my heart. And so I want to walk through this a little bit. Spiritual life. So how, It is so important. We need to be alive spiritually. If you wanna turn with me very quickly to Ezekiel 37. I just wanna read this, and we're gonna hop through a couple different uh, verses here. Ezekiel 37, verse 14. This obviously, um, this is coming after Ezekiel was taken by the Spirit into a, a dry desert, and there he saw a whole bunch of dry bones. And I think we all know this; it's pretty um, familiar. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, um, but here he gets a promise from the Lord at the end, um, which is powerful. In verse 14, the Lord is saying to Ezekiel, he promises, I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. So there's a promise there that life will come through the spirit, okay? I think we all understand that. Um. John 3.16, we don't need to turn there, um, which actually, also through watching The Chosen, it's just, I love The Chosen. Sorry, I'm gonna talk about it a lot. But watching Jesus' interaction with Nicodemus, and you can understand where Nicodemus comes from a little bit. It's powerful. Um, and I never thought about it. First, that John 3.16 is actually the words of Jesus, but two, that he was saying them to Nicodemus. These are Jesus' words to Nicodemus. To for, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his own, one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. What amazing, what amazing words. But I want to tell you guys, that eternal life, that starts today. That's right. And I want to look into this even more, because it actually says that when we're made new in Christ, we are no longer governed by our sin nature. And that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother teaching we get into. Let's quick go to Romans eight, nine through 13. I think that's um, where I was going with this. If you wanna um, look at Romans eight with me. Yeah, it says, Romans eight, verse nine, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies By this same spirit living within you. What amazing, amazing promises. And so guys, eternal life, that starts today. The day that you walk into that, the day you decide to believe in Jesus, you walk into eternal life and we no longer get to hang our hat on the excuse that I'm just carnal and so I mess up. Maybe that's true, but guys, let's not sell short. Let's not hang our hats on that. What about Jesus? Let's hang our hat on Jesus. Amen. He has given us eternal life, and let's, let's go for that with everything we got. So it is impossible to be alive without the Spirit of God living inside of you. Are we in agreement with that? The Spirit is what connects us to the heart of the Father. Um, I just wanted to make that clear. Spiritual life, that's where it all starts. Because if we're not alive, we're nothing, sorry. Um, We we don't have anything. We can have a lot of things in this world, but unless you have spiritual, eternal life with Jesus, you don't have anything, nothing that will last, nothing that's worth your time. Now I wanna walk into spiritual nourishment. And this is where I wanna go. If you know me, you probably know that my heart burns for the lost souls. I am passionate about people who don't know Jesus. Larry, your story, man, that is about as real and raw and amazing as it gets. Because when people meet Jesus, and we're going to get to this story in John 4, but when people encounter Jesus, man, they're never the same. Something changes. And that's why I want to talk about nourishment, because it is so important. It is so important that people see Jesus in us. When your life comes from being in the Father, you are unstoppable. But when your life comes from, do, from doing, you'll run out of gas. Um, it's interesting, because I've talked about Peter before and Peter's life, and I think this even, this morning as I was pondering over this, I think this is even seen in Peter's life. Um, once again, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, I'm going to save that for a little later. There are times when doing the will of God can be tough, can be discouraging. If you look at the, life, the lives of so many, um, the, the disciples after Jesus left, none of them had what we would call an easy life after that. Most of them died a martyr's death. But, and, and going back to Peter, I had studied for a while what happened because Peter, and once again, in The Chosen, I love Peter because it just you get to see You see how Peter is? And for me, it's completely scriptural. It helps me understand him so well. Man, Peter was stubborn. (laughs) He was a handful, and Jesus just loved it. He loved Peter so much, and he he used Peter. He didn't try to change him, try to make him into something else before he used him. Jesus simply walked with Peter and said, follow me. It's such a beautiful, that's an own message. It's a message in its own. But what happened to Peter? Peter goes from cutting off someone's ear, denying Jesus, going back fishing after Jesus is gone, which there's nothing wrong with fishing, but it's his normal. He's going back to what he knows. To the day of Pentecost, something changes. To the point where Peter didn't feel worthy to be crucified the same way that Jesus was. My question is, what changed for Peter? So there's times where it's not easy and I was thinking about this because maybe this is just me, but guys, this was a real um, breakthrough in my heart because I I was able to understand the times where because I, like I, I felt like I was alive in Jesus, but then I would go to the other stream and just be, be giving so much that, that it just took all my energy and then I felt like I needed to get back into Jesus, so I was, I was battling this standard that was trying to tell me, well, you gotta go back into God because you need to recharge so you can give more. And when I was able to, find, to understand the balance here, this is what I wanna portray to you guys, because when we're in the Father, Fruit will come out of that, and that fruit is life-giving. And we need to understand that. I need to understand that. I was thinking of a time where um, I was in driving from Costa Rica. It was actually the day after our first date, so it was, last, it was April 21st of last year. Um, we had our first date on a Sunday night, and the next day I had to leave for three weeks. And I started out the three-week trip i um, driving from Costa Rica to Honduras so if any of you guys know your geography you have to cross all of Nicaragua to get there well I'm gonna make this story quick this story quick because it was a long story um, a trip that's supposed to take about 20 hours ended up taking about 49 hours 50 hours and um I needed since so Monday night, I needed to get to San Pedro Sula, Honduras to fly out Wednesday night. And so I usually give myself a couple days because you never know what can happen at the borders. And so thankfully, I gave myself just enough time this time. But I was leaving Costa Rica, and long story short, I didn't have the papers I needed to get the van out of Costa Rica into Honduras. And if any of you guys have been through a Latin American border, it can be stressful. Um, and so I ended up, I ended up having, I left at 7 o'clock, Monday night, was gonna be at the border by 11.30, because they close at 12 midnight, to get out, and then drive all night, get into Honduras, probably get to our base the next day around noon. That was the goal. Um, and, well, I got there in time, but not even getting into the border, the first patrol checkpoint, they said, sorry, dude, your paper is expired. And... Uh, My father-in-law told me that the paper was for six months, which is what we thought. But it ended up, this, it was a power of attorney, was only good for three months. So that was expired. So I had to head back um, to a town before. drove about an hour back, um, parked in a McDonald's parking lot, and tried to sleep for a couple hours until the place opened to get another power of attorney. Um, Anyhow, all I had was... um, how should I say this? It's a long story. Anyhow, we kept going. We get, to the, we get out of Costa Rica, but we're on the Nicaragua side of the border. And right there, they told me, sorry, this one's not going to work. Because all I had was a copy of the power of attorney um, because I had to use the other one. And that, should, that worked for Costa Rica, but it didn't work for Nicaragua. Anyhow, I ended up having to go back to the Costa Rica side, find a lawyer there. He had to give me a new power of attorney. I had to get connected with my lawyer back in the city. And I was supposed to leave the Nicaragua border by midnight Monday night, and I didn't leave till three o'clock Tuesday afternoon. So my trip was a little behind schedule. Um, so I had two friends with me. There are a couple from Honduras. they were riding back with me. So we grabbed a pizza in Managua and um, went to see a volcano, kept driving, I had to stop, sleep about an hour, and then we kept going. The where I'm going with this is about see, it was about 12.30 um, Tuesday night. I'm about a half hour from the from the Honduras border, and I get stopped by the police. Just a checkpoint out in the middle of nowhere, and being honest, they were bored, so they stopped me. Um, <laughs> so I step out of the van. They told us all to get out, and, and by the way, like, just to give you a picture, these are like, there was three guys and a girl. They're all holding, like, AKs, and they... Just like, hey, guys, get out of the van. We want to check your stuff. All right, all right. Well, the first thing the guy says when he gets, when I step out of the van, he's like, ah, aquí tenemos el sobrino de Papito Trump. And I was like, oh, my, are you kidding me? He just called me President Trump's little nephew. Um, (laughs) So, because believe me, they they have a belief of what, North Americans are like, what gringos are like. And so I was like, here we go. So I had to give him all our passports. He was checking our passports. Turns out, um, they, so they always ask you what you're doing. And I love it, because you just get to tell them. Um, I was like, well, we're Christians, and we get to work with youth from all of the Americas. And we get to take them through a 10-month course of getting closer to Jesus, And they were like, okay. And so it kind of changed the atmosphere. It wasn't what they were expecting. Um, Some white kid in a big 15-passenger van with two Hondurans. (laughs) Um, Anyhow, they ended up holding us there for about a half hour. And me and my friend from Honduras, we were talking with three of them and Gabi, the the other girl from Honduras, which she can, um, she's a talker. So she was having her own conversation over there. And we actually got to present the gospel to three police officers at 1 o'clock in the morning in the middle of Nicaragua. And I just told you guys how our trip wasn't going the best. I'm telling you, we hopped in the van, and we were ready to go. Like, that filled us. It was like stopping and eating the biggest steak and having cheesecake and (laughs) keeping on going. And the story didn't stop there, like we I mean, but they they handed us our passports, and the guy, his last words were, "Well, I guess not all Americans are the same and and it hit me because it wasn 't me, but he got to see jesus, and that was filling and even though i didn 't understand this completely at that time, yeah, just walking back through that, I realized why we were so pumped after that we were we were ecstatic. <laughs> Then we get to the, we got to the Honduras border a half hour later, and the first officer we see says, oh, by the way, I had to wake him up because the border doesn't close, but they're asleep. <laughs> and <laughs> he said, he says, it was one o'clock in the morning, he said, you're gonna have to wait till, till 7 a.m. till the scanner opens so we can scan your van. And I was like, oh man, I was supposed to be in, in Honduras long ago, And so I was like, like, dude, you can't just check it for me. Like, we got to check the the Nicaragua border. And they just stopped and checked our van a half hour ago. Now we're here. And he's like, nah, he was kind of sleepy. And so I hopped out of the van. I'm like, come on, man, you can't help me out. He's like, nah, sorry. He clicked his flashlight on and started shining in our van, and he showed right on our pizza box. And I was like, dude, you want a slice of pizza? He's like, that'd be nice. So I handed him three slices of pizza, he stamped my paper, and we were on our way. (laughs) Anyhow. Yeah, it was quite quite an experience. We did drive another about two hours, then I stopped and slept for three hours and drove till noon, got back to our base, had a meeting in the city, and flew out that night at eleven. Um, I slept at the airport. I, I hadn't gotten like a 10-hour layover, so I slept the whole layover. But my point of that story was that was life-giving. Getting to share with those police officers, it re-energized us. We were, we were exhausted, to say the least, but that kept us going. And believe me, there's things that can be frustrating, um, But we need to understand that we we get spiritual nourishment from doing the will of God. We get spiritual nourishment from fulfilling the work that he has called us to do. And guys, where I want to go and where I want to end with this, this is for all of us. I think this is so important that we understand this. Going back to John 4, I wish I had time for another day, but walking through The story of John 4 and the way that Jesus builds a bridge over the cultures and the way that Jesus meets this lady at her lowest point, he knew how shameful it was for her to come out there at noon by herself and draw water. And he hit that point, not in a condemning way, but in the most loving way. Guys, we can obviously take example from Jesus But in a day like we're living today, in a world that um, is trying to divide, be divided, there's all kinds of theories and things of where this virus came from. And yeah, we we need to stay informed. We need to stay up to date. But guys, we have a calling. We need to be getting our nourishment from the will of God and doing his will here on the earth. That needs to be what's giving us life. I'm sorry, but if you are watching the news looking for hope, you might find it for a day, but I guarantee you'll wake up with a different fear the next day. Because we're not gonna find our hope. We're not gonna find an answer in the news. We're not gonna find an answer um, in a lot of different places that we can look. And I believe that God is using Donald Trump in amazing ways and I will continue to pray for him and our government. But Christians, we need, we need to be alive and we need to be getting our nourishment from this. I wanna close with just some different, some thoughts here. Um, I was gonna read John 14, 9 through 14, but you guys can look that up. And, and, and check it out because it talks a little bit about what God wants to do. There are many Christians today who claim to have seen Jesus, but continue to receive most of their nourishment from other places. My question is, what Jesus have they seen? And what Jesus are we portraying? John 9 talks about, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, it's Jesus' words. Amazing words once again. If we have seen Jesus, we have seen the Father. Larry saw Jesus. I hope we've all seen Jesus. We saw Jesus with this testimony. That's what I was talking about. We see him move. We see the love of Jesus through a miracle. The miracle's the door, and the love of the Father just rushes in. So amazing. We have Jesus here. If we've seen Jesus, we've seen the Father. The world is looking for Jesus. And guys, I hope you're, I don't know if you agree with me on this or not, but everyone is looking for something. And to be honest, they are looking for Jesus. They just don't know it. We need to be what they're looking for. It's not us, but it's what lives inside of us. The woman at the well encountered the real Jesus. She left different. She left completely radically changed. She ran back into the city wanting to tell everybody. I, I wrote some stuff down that I just want to read in closing. Um, I need to finish up and move on here. But the greatest gift Jesus could ever give us was his life. So we could be, all be saved and no one perish. But the second greatest gift that the Father could give us was Jesus ascending into heaven and leaving us the Holy Spirit. Today's Pentecost Sunday. I, had, I didn't even realize that when I was preparing this. But while Jesus was here on earth, he walked and traveled to many different places, but yet mostly stayed in the same area. If you look geographically, Jesus didn't cover that much ground in the world as we know it. Today... Jesus travels the world by plane, by train, by cars, by motorcycles, by bikes, by electric bikes, um, by electric cars, by horse, you name it. By any means possible to travel, Jesus is traveling this world, and he is doing it through you and me. You are his pilot. Jesus is counting on you to allow him to walk all over the globe, to Wilmot, to Weinsburg, to Millersburg, to California, to New Philly. Lamar said they're having protests down there this afternoon, let's go. He's counting on you to walk this earth where he never got you during his short time here on earth. If Jesus said it's better that I go, We can't take that lightly. Jesus is the one who wants to reach the least of these. He wants to go to the ends of the earth, and he is doing it through us. And my last thought with with us this morning, because remember we're talking about spiritual life and spiritual nourishment. And my question is, what, what are we eating? What are we taking in? We get to sit at a table and dine with Jesus every day. He is in us everywhere we go. We have access to a never-ending supply of the best and finest food you can receive in the spirit world. And when we eat from that table, people like the woman at the well, a fisherman like Peter, and our neighbors all around us, even to the ends of the earth, will know and receive a Father's love that is so powerful it makes the strongest spirit of darkness quiver and shake. Guys, this morning I, I felt tempted to, to go into a bunch of things that can give us nourishment. But I don't think we need that. We don't need to talk about all the things that don't give us the right nourishment. I want us to focus on what does give us nourishment. As Christians, we are the body. We're connected to the heart. We are fully alive in the spirit. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus lives in us. The Father is being portrayed through us. What we're taking in, what we are dining every day, it's not rocket science. If you're eating junk food, you're probably not going to live the most joyful life. You have the opportunity today to eat of the finest meat, the finest of the finest. To sit with Jesus. And he wants to love people through you. We pray? Okay, let's pray. God, I thank you so much. God, I thank you for allowing me to understand this, Lord, because I need this. This is something I'm going to take for the rest of my life, God. And I just pray that this word can resonate this morning. Lord, in a world that is broken, in a world that is looking, there's probably no other place in the American world that they could be hit with a need than their security. Not being, not knowing whether they're gonna have their security of a good health system. All this stuff. God, you're the answer that everyone is looking for. And I pray, I pray that as we go and we live our lives each day, Lord, that we can eat from this table, Lord, that we put aside our fear, that we put aside all these things, Lord, and that we eat from your table. God, so more people can know you, so more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus and live radically changed, doesn't have to do with us. Has everything to do with you, God. Thank you for choosing to use us, Lord. Thank you for giving us sonship, power, and authority, Lord. Thank you for loving us. We love you. In Jesus name, amen.